Good morning, Philadelphia. I am the host of Tiffany's Community Spotlight, Tiffany Dubois-Morales. Um, on today's show, I have the lovely actor, director, and arts... Uh, educator. Uh, educator, <laughs> uh, Bijan No. Um, say hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tiffany. Absolutely. Um, so for my varying lovers of arts and culture, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am <laughs> a Philadelphia local theater actress, um, and I'm also a director. I also teach acting and directing. Um, and yeah, the city is great. It's got a phenomenal art scene. Um, so I'm able to like dance around between these uh, different ways of practicing my creative craft. Um, and I, you know, I know you love the arts, so I'm really happy to come on here and talk about like, you know, things that are coming up for the season, things that we're both looking forward to. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's start with what are some projects that you are working on right now well i've got a couple things um that are starting uh next week i go into rehearsal with uh delaware theater company which is in <laughs> wilmington um we're doing a really funny play it's called noises off um which is like a famous play there's a lot of things that go wrong in the play it's a big oh. british comedy um and Fantastic. yeah yeah so i'm really excited about that and it's got um, a great director, Jen Childs, who's a good friend. She runs 1812 Productions, which yes, is an all-comedy theater company in Philadelphia. Um, and I've done a few uh, shows with that company. So it's really exciting to like kind of have um, artists that I know um, working and collaborating on this project coming up. That's awesome. Um, is there a timeline for like when people would be able to get tickets or to see the show? Yeah, so Noise is Off. Uh, again, it's going on at Delaware Theater Company. You can hop on their website and get tickets anytime. Uh, we start rehearsal uh, next week, and uh, I think we open uh, the third week, the third weekend of September, and we run through. Uh, October 8th. So we've got a nice three-week oh. run. It's a great way to start the fall with a lot of laughs. Um, and the waterfront's beautiful out there. So it's like one of those places where, you know, if you go, to, go out to dinner and sit on the water, you can go see the show after and, you know, just have a great <gasps> way to start start your fall season off. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of how you got into acting and... Mm. You know, like, I know that within the Asian community and more especially in the Vietnamese community, it's not necessarily a career path <laughs> that is considered traditional or um, quote-unquote honorable, so. Well, I would say it's honorable. I would. Um, you know, I do think that it's non-traditional, uh, at least for children of... Um, a certain generation of immigrant uh, mm -hmm. Vietnamese. Uh, my parents came over with the fall of Saigon in 1975, you know, and so that first wave of children that were born after the war in the mm. United States, a lot of us, I think, were encouraged to, like, 
really feel safe in our careers and not take risks because our parents lost everything. Um, right. But my father, you know, my father was a journalist. My father <laughs> uh, was a broadcast journalist for Radio Free Asia. And for him, democracy was really important. He fought for democracy in Vietnam. And so the mantra that he kept repeating when we were children was, you need to practice your sense of democracy, whatever freedom means to you. So even if my parents were like, you know, you're not going to be safe necessarily in an arts career, you might not make the money that might make you feel safe. It might be really risky. They didn't frown on it, I think, in the same way that some traditional Asian parents might have frowned on it. I think they were yeah, scared no, definitely. for me. I think they, they were like, you know, it's going to be really hard. You know, uh, we can't support you if, you if you fail at this. I mean, financially and all of that. Yeah, but, no, definitely. But my father certainly believed in the spirit of creativity and the importance of narrative because he's a journalist. And, you know, acting is very much <laughs> about being able to tell not only your own story, but step into someone else's shoes, a character's mm -hmm. shoes, and tell their story. And for me, it's one of the most necessary things right now. I think there's a lot of people who are not practicing empathy. Like we all, I think we all yeah. know what empathy is, but I think, you know, given like recent events mm. politically and also because of the, the way that society seemed to have like shifted during the recent years of the pandemic and lockdown with mm -hmm. all the isolation that happened, I think there's more of a need now for me to be a theater artist someone who like in live time with a live audience like yeah. really communicates stories in that kind of space <laughs> that that for me feels like you know it's the only thing that I that I want to do and it's the only thing I think I was built to do so this goes back to your question of like oh how did I get into acting or why do I act I don't know if I had personally inside a, a choice per se I just knew that mm -hmm. it was something I was drawn to and that I had to do it and yeah, I still no, feel definitely. that way you know yeah definitely I would say with my background you know I mm -hmm. come from Greece by way of my mother and you know western like west Africa and you know, because I'm part Nigerian, I'm part Malian, um, I have blood relatives in the Western Bantu peoples, um, which I guess the Congo, like West Congo, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but like, for me, it's always been very prevalent that there are certain things that are always kind of frowned upon like you marry a good Greek boy you have children you don't necessarily need to worry about like having a career or um anything like that and I, I I'm glad and happy that my mom at least is very accepting of like my now chosen career path because for a long time, I wasn't totally sure what I 
actually wanted to do, like in high school, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to become a lawyer. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to be a cook. Uh, I'm going to do interior decorating and design. And now I'm in PR. So it's a lot of different stuff, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking to that, you know, like, you know, that expectation that you talk about, I certainly did feel that pressure from the extended family. And I don't think it was yeah. like, um, it was a gentle pressure. I don't think it yeah. was like you have to get married and have kids. But I do think that because Vietnamese society for so long felt like a very gendered society, yeah. that the women, the, the extension of women in my family, I think they, what they saw as a sense of safety mm-hmm. was to be partnered in a marriage and yep. create your own family and that that was just how things were done and I pretty do think much we're like the generation of of women in our families I think that <laughs> that kind of like break that expectation yeah no you know? definitely like my brother I mean he's now married but god for the longest time I didn't I never expected him to like actually get married or um have any children um you know my sister she's very independent uh she's very much settled into her I guess financial career or like I I still don't even know what she does um but yeah, we all have like our own little niches. And you know, we all support each other. Um and it's it's a lot it's a lot of different things, but I think overall we're all pretty good. Do you feel like Philadelphia has been a a city where you could figure things out like you talked about oh absolutely you know, finding your way and you know asking the question should I be a lawyer should I be this and then finding your way into your current career path oh yeah no absolutely um I'd say like in terms of other cities Philadelphia it's already so diverse so just because you have people representing you know Europe Asia um Africa, you have um, people from India, you have people from uh, like Greece and Italy, you have a very like everybody kind of has a very specific community. You know, Chinatown is very diverse. You know, um, there's a good uh, amount of Mediterranean you know, cultures being represented. And then, you know, there's a variety of religions and more importantly, food to explore. Like there's always something, there's always a new restaurant popping up. Like there's a Georgian restaurant that um, we haven't had a chance to explore yet, but it's like, it's Georgian cuisine. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. Uh, Isn't there a Georgian, a new Georgian food stall mm-hmm. in the Reading Terminal Market? There, there is as well. And then like Reading Terminal, they, um, there's a Vietnamese or like Filipino style um, restaurant. It's directly across from the head nut where we go and get like all of our spices and then um there's a spanish stall like 
World of Spain or Spain something or other. And then, um, you know, there's always something new going on. Speaking of the Southeast Asian or Vietnamese stall, have you been to the Southeast Asian uh, food market at FDR Park? Oh, it's phenomenal, right? I know. It's like a little taste of like every Southeast Asian country. And it's really made by like the aunties and grandmas. Yeah. And they're out there on the weekends. Yeah, it really is. Um, We haven't actually had a chance to go this year, but um, there's a friend of mine and my husband's. Her name is Mink uh, Lynn. She and her partner um she's partnering with a chef linda liu um and they're actually starting up like a little like a really nice community-based organization but it's centered around foods called humble bowls um i'm gonna be having her on tiffany's community spotlight soon awesome yeah yeah i mean i feel like food brings people together it's what you know like yeah when we think about like culture and you know you're talking about the diversity of this city and I think about the ways like people reach each other not only through sharing story but like the stories that come from why a food dish (laughs) exists or why a food dish is important to them right yeah no definitely um yeah like one of my favorite recipes um it's in a cook well it's in a cookbook that I haven't figured out the title to yet and it's not published yet but one of my favorite dishes at least in the soup chapter (laughs) which you'd probably you'd enjoy it it's lamb pho oh yeah we don't normally make pho with lamb I mean we usually I know yeah you do beef or chicken chicken. um sometimes you might see like a seafood esque style one although that's really fairly rare the, well that's I mean, really more thai. soups but i mean that's more like thai I would well no think. vietnamese people have like seafood soups but like if you're yeah. talking like you know traditional traditional pho it tends to be yeah beef, beef and or... then chicken and then like of course we see like tofu like vegan versions yeah. here but the but yeah. lamb is actually yeah that's a that's something that i ha- haven't had I know, yeah, it's, it's, or in pho, I should say. Yeah, it's my favorite recipe, it's like my favorite soup dish, because it combines, you know, Asian, and more importantly, Vietnamese cuisine, and then just, you know, lamb, the meat of my people. Oh, So, yeah, it's a three-day process. Um, First, I'll spend a whole day just making the bone broth because I like to make mine from scratch. Oh, see, you've got more patience than me. Yeah, no, I know. And then, like, I am, uh, at the same time that you're making the bone broth, um, I'm marinating the lamb. Um, Generally, I like semi-boneless leg of lamb because it um, has bare fat content and takes very well to like sitting and marinating for longer periods of time Um, and then like I'll make the bone broth I'll let the lamb marinate for at least 24 to maybe 48 hours and then I'll make the 
combine the boat, uh, the bone broth that's already been made, and then the lamb, and then you know you have the rest of your accoutrements like your vermicelli noodles, and then you have your cilantro, and I, I like serrano and Fresno peppers. Oh yeah, yeah. For my pho, just because it's just it's that needed heat, and then lots of acid. But yeah, it, it's my favorite soup dish. Although oh. I, I got, I have a couple of other soups on there, but that one's my favorite. Yeah, and I know. made it this year. Uh, this year, yeah. Uh, but I yeah. think you know, for a Vietnamese lady like me, you know, I mean, I love pho. We grew yeah. up making it, but. Just you know, it takes so much time these days. It is for me. It's I mean, like you need to roast. You need to roast the bones. Then you need to, um, you know, you have to roast the bones. You have to save the juices from that. Um, there's still little bits and pieces of meat on the bones. Well, even, even more better. so than that. I mean, I think you know, like when you think about cultural cooking at least you know in my family back <laughs> in the day it it's a group effort right oh yeah like no, definitely the, the traditionally the women but now like it would be like everyone but yeah. it would be a group effort like my brothers and I would like pick the mint from the garden and wash yep. it and prep the veggies my mom would work on something and then while the pot boils she could go run an errand if someone stayed home and watch the pot or yep. you know and there was a, there was kind of a a community building or a familial community building yeah. happened when a process took that long. And, you know, now I just go to a restaurant and I order like a $12, $15 bowl of pho. And I'm like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's you know, somebody else's group of aunties yeah. in the back are, are making the soup and I can taste that and it's awesome. But I yeah. think, you know, like with modern day city life, I think it's, for me, I'm like, oh my God, like I wish... I had like that, that patience with myself now, you know, to like go through the hmm. slow process of building a bone broth or like yeah. roasting the, the ginger and the onion that would go into the broth, you know, yep. I do miss that. I do miss that, that care and that time it takes to build a recipe. Yeah. yeah. But I also no, miss the definitely. community building. I miss, you know, I do feel like, you know, Right now, there's so many ads that we see, right, for different meal oh my kits, God. for things yeah, to shorten no, the process. And I, and I wonder, you know, and I think about my, when I was younger and I was, like, living on my own and, and how, like, lonely it was to, like, cook by myself and how yeah. I took myself out to restaurants because I wanted to be in you a know, sense of community with other people, you know? Exactly. Now, yeah. I haven't mentioned this yet to my lovely um, viewers, but Miss B has a dog. I do. I'm a very proud, happy dog mom. You know, <laughs> I when we talked about this uh, yeah. briefly about, you know, like we're part of this generation that some of us are, are choosing to be pet parents. Yep. And... Archie Beef Noodle is me and my partner's dog, um, and Archie is four and a half years old, Aww. and the joy of, one of the joys of my life. Um, he's a big 100 pound fur boy, um, and it's great, you know, like, I feel like I, I didn't know I would love being a dog mom so much, but he is so present, and Dave and I were talking about this the other day, you know, it's 
like Archie will be sad if one of us goes away for the whole day even or for a trip. But the moment you come back, it's like no time has passed for him. Yeah. He's just ready to like be present and like, you know, get riled up over a toy or cuddle with you and watch TV. And there's something about, you know, like being a dog parent or maybe being a parent in general. I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to that. Um, But, you know, there's something about being around a living, a living being that you have to care for that that living being is so present. There's no baggage involved with Archie. And it teaches me to like, try to like find my presentness and my groundedness in the moment mm-hmm. and not take anything for granted. Cause you know, we carry around baggage, right? We like, well, yeah, you know, something happens much. in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I can't believe that guy said that to me on the bus or whatever it is, you know, and you carry it around for a few hours and you're like, ah, oh. but Archie, he might like have a run in with someone who doesn't like dogs or he might have a run in with like a neighborhood stray cat. And seconds later, Archie's a dog. He doesn't remember that moment. He's just yeah. on to the next thing. And, and there's something really, like, powerful every day when I, like, you know, mm. at the end of the day when, like, I sip my wine and I, like, look at Archie. I think to myself, wow, this living being is, like, teaching me so much about how to be present in a way that, you know, I don't know, I, I don't know if I would have been able to practice as actively, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure we talk about, you know, like I think, <laughs> you know, as an actor, you have to be present. As an actor, you're practicing like presence with your scene partner and with the audience. So you stay in the moment and you're grounded and you're breathing the same energy with everyone. But, you know, yeah. in the day-to-day life, there's all the stressors that, that come in. And yeah. these past four and a half <laughs> years, going on five of like Archie, it's, it's been a very fun it's very a very fun self-realization, you know? Yeah. Um, would you say that, I guess, because of the pandemic, there's a little bit of a disconnect between, like, being outside versus, you know, being kind of stuck inside of your place or, like, not really wanting to go out and explore different groups or cities um i you know i think i was very lucky i was incredibly blessed during the pandemic to have my partner david who you know Mm -hmm. and our dog archie and because archie needs at least two walks a day we were out every day in nature walking him taking him to parks going out and about um, and then when lockdown restrictions lifted, I think we very carefully went forth in the world um, to remind ourselves that the microcosm of our house and our neighborhood wasn't the end-all, be-all of, of our existence, right? Yeah, no, um, definitely. And I think, you know, like being, being an artist and being partnered with an artist, are, we're constantly curious about... Um, the world at large about issues, about places and things and experiences. So having that active curiosity and seeking to engage the curiosity mm-hmm. and answer the curiosity, I think that made us right away go, okay, like as soon as it's safe to go anywhere, let's start thinking about 
travel. Let's think about places to go. And the first, of course, is you want to see the family that you haven't been able to see in a while. Oh, and yeah, yeah definitely. How do we connect with the friends that we, we not lost necessarily, but that we might have, like, minimalized because everyone was focused in their, their own experience during that time. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And any upcoming travel plans? You know, I've got a full season of shows. So, <laughs> I, you know, like True. after Noise is Off, I roll into another show at Arden Theater Company here oh. in Philadelphia. And after Yay. that, I'm really excited in the spring. I roll into a really big, awesome show at the Wilma. Um, so the season is looking awesome. a little busy. So, I, you know, if anything, I think next summer will be like, the big travel dream. Nice. And I don't know what that is yet, but I know oh, I want it to be beautiful where, you know, water mm. is around me and good wine is flowing aplenty. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I probably shouldn't mention it to you guys, but my husband, Eric, and I have two weeks in Sicily this October. We actually leave Friday, October 6th, the last weekend of your show. Noises off. Well, you'll have to see my show before that. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. um, Yeah, no, definitely. We'd love to go. Um, Yeah, so we'll be in Sicily for two weeks, and then there's like a little side trip to Malta. Um... Super, super excited about that. And then we um, kind of already have my birthday trip planned uh, for this coming February. But I'll tell you guys a little more <laughs> about that and on another show. Uh, but it, it, it is going to be super, super awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll be celebrating five years um, being married next October. So it's like, yay get to start like planning that now congrats and awesome thank you that's so exciting that you're going to be able to travel and get in some fall travel abroad yeah no definitely um it's yeah it's something that me and my husband we enjoy doing Mm -hmm. we like to travel like to eat love to drink um you know, cocktails, wine, and it really doesn't matter. It's whatever you put in front of us, yeah. pretty much. But, um, yeah, this has been really nice. Thanks, uh, Tiffany, for having me on your podcast. Thank you for coming on to Tiffany's Community Spotlight. Yeah. Um, as a reminder, everybody, um, you can find Tiffany's Community Spotlight wherever you stream on Spotify, on Apple, and anywhere else that you stream on (laughs) thank you all for joining me and i'll see you all later